Hi, and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Susan Morris, I'm beside myself with excitement to have you on the podcast. I have never, ever had anyone who has founded an oil company before. <laughs> it just sounds so amazing. So before, before I, you know, confuse things, why don't you tell everyone what it is that you do and why you do it? Tell us all about your business. Uh, well, before we start, I want to share with you someone who's got more energy than all the leprechauns in the world. <laughs> And that's Jace, my granddaughter. And she's seven. Hello, nice to meet and I, you. Nice to meet you too. This is her name is Jules. Isn't she lovely? Mm-hmm. And she's got pink hair. And I got pink hair, aren't I crazy? Irish. I am Irish, got an Irish passport and everything. Oh, she's got but you know the way Irish people have red hair? Yeah. Well hers is not quite red. It's pink. <laughs> it was when I was a little girl. <laughs> Thank you for coming in to say hi, Pop. I'm about to tell her the story about Belize, and I think you've heard it. Yeah. Do you want to go and do your listening? Yeah. Okay, bye-bye. Actually, there aren't many ladies who have started their own oil company. Are are you the only one? No, no, I'm sure there must be others. I'm sure there are others. (laughs) I I don't reckon there'd be very many, that's for sure. Probably not, because even, you know, even the sciences is not that common a thing to go into. And people no. So what what science is it that you have to have in order to find geology? It's geology, geology, which is a really cool science actually, because it's a mixture of biology, chemistry, physics, and you roll it all together and then have a guess. And that's what's really. (laughs) I love science that involves have a guess. Yes. Well, because you see, for instance, if you think of the rocks that poke out of the ground, we've got to take those. Join the dots, just like that old-fashioned game, join the dots. And then we've got to imagine what happens under the earth. And we piece it together with some physics, that's geophysics. We send sound waves down through the earth and we get a sort of a feel of what the different densities of the rock and therefore the different times and sound waves going through the rocks. And then we've got some chemistry. We work out some of the geochemistry, but none of it is exact. We put it all in a big pot, stir it around, and then (laughs) then there's a big, what we'd say, a leap of faith, especially for a wildcatter. And that's what I would be known as, a wildcatter. So it's not just an oil lady, but of of all the oil people, the rarest ones are the wildcatters. Well, wildcatters, that makes me think of someone like Daniel Boone or something. Yeah. So so what is it? It's just, so you're an explorer who goes around and like a chancer, as my mum would say. <laughs> I know that word. That's a cheeky word. Uh, but uh, actually, it's a wildcatter is someone who is a real pioneer that's yeah. going well, forward where other people haven't gone, usually in a territory like Belize. People have gone there. They drilled 50 wells. They said there was no oil in Belize and it was impossible. All the, right, you know, right. like Exxon Shell and all the, the big ConocoPhillips, etc. Yeah. But yeah. I fell in love with the country and the people, especially the people. And that's right. what rose up in me, that energy. And that's what allowed myself and my partners to really... Um, I say really it was like finding a purpose and a passion to do something. Right. And when you lock onto that within oneself, that's the key to, I know it sounds trite, but that's the key to real happiness. Amazing. So <laughs> so it's called um, Belize Natural Energy, isn't it? Yes. And and I know that you now we'll just jump ahead straight away because I know you're doing something different to any other oil company in that you're doing something with the people in the country and sort of feeding it the the wealth back into their nation. So can you tell me a little bit about that? And then we'll go into tell me from from leaving school how you've ended up here. Okay. Um, well, it's a very very different business model. In fact, we right. just had the 
Mexican ambassador bring 15 ambassadors to our headquarters in Belize from countries as diverse as Japan, Cuba, Venezuela, China, uh, all around uh, to see our business model in action because it's holistic. It actually involves a number of different things, a win-win-win for everybody, the people of Belize, the employees, the investor group, everybody, plus the connection. And this is the critical point for our later discussion, the connection between your mind, your body and the spirit, the spirit of the natural energy within. That's where the name comes from. Right. Right. So, so, okay. So, Talk to me about how physic, like in reality, how does that work? So if you're if you're helping everyone, most oil companies take the as far as I know, and you obviously I don't know a lot about oil companies, but my understanding of them is they take the oil, they go sell it for squillions, they rape the land, they you know don't look after the people, and that's that. That's kind of I guess the cartoon version of it. So what are you doing that's that's different in 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 real terms? How does it work? Well, I would say, by the way, that that older image is has been very much changed over the last 20 years. Um, right. So uh, I'm just incredibly behind the times no, and the media or, or whatever haven't caught up. We don't know that. Uh, actually, you're, you're not really because sometimes an image persists. Uh, however, uh, it's not just about um, cleaning up a country or even building a school. Yeah. It's, it's about empowerment of people. And I know yes. that's what you're about. It, it is what I'm about. That it, it, It's about sustainability. And that even sounds boring. Empowerment is better because yeah. it's not about a charity or money going in or even oil being found. It's yeah. actually about the educational system at the core of the company that allowed us to connect with that insight that power that energy within ourselves to yeah. to be in a partnership with life and you can't beat that no you absolutely can't <laughs> you see so that? how are you empowering the people um well firstly uh they were very very curious about how in the world Mike and myself and a, and a band of 76 little Irish investors were able to beat all odds and on the very first well hit not just ordinary oil, by the way. We hit yeah. oil so light, so perfect that it went immediately into the generators, the local generators, without refining. Right, which is really unusual, obviously. Very unusual and very, very lucky because there was no refinery in Belize. There was no history <laughs> of anything. There's the universe knew what you were going to do and just provided. You said it, by the way. You really <laughs> said it. And I believe that when that happens, when those, let's just say, forces come together for the good of all, yeah, you've got the most powerful partner in the world. And that's the universal force, life's force, whatever you want to call it. And it beats all odds because, yeah. wait till you hear this story, Jules. Um, my partner was Mike Usher and really still right. is. But he died very suddenly before we even got to drill the well. So I, I named it after him, the Mike Usher number one. Yeah, great. And uh, it was, it was a, uh, Sad, but I was more determined. And we started to drill in May 2005. And on the 24th of June 2005, on the first well, named after Mike Usher, we hit the most beautiful oil in the world. Oh, my God. What was that like? What was that moment like when you when you what what happens? You're in an office and someone comes running in and says, you know, we found it. Or how does it work? No, it was it was actually like all our birthdays coming in together. (laughs) The whole government came out in a bus to see it because because the country was going down into a financial crisis. And it literally it was like, whoa, whoa. You know, 
know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Now, can you imagine anything being more exciting than that? No, I absolutely, I, I can't even begin to imagine well, how excited I get about something small and what would happen if something like that happened. Well, it was magical. But what was topped the whole thing was when we realized we had hit the oil against all odds. Everybody telling us we were crazy. On the exact day, one year later of Mike's death on his anniversary. Ooh, I just got some goosebumps from that one. He was watching you. He's, there was definitely something there. That's watching, amazing. Rooting, and he's with us right now. Because any time yeah. this spirit comes up, you know, or the goosebumps come up, you can bet your life he's, he's behind it. He's there it, tickling the back of your neck. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's exactly like that. And so we drilled the Mike Usher number one discovery, Mike Usher number two, Mike Usher number three, Mike Usher number four, Mike Usher number five. And, you know, when I say it quickly, people think I'm saying they're my gushers. Yeah. And a gusher is an oil well. Yes. So, uh, so Mike is having a great laugh because his name is exactly like my gusher. Usher. My gusher. <laughs> And it's like he had the last laugh. <laughs> he did. Oh, that's such a great story. That is so good. So tell me about your entrepreneurial journey. Tell me about, you know, going, keeping going against all odds, because that is the one thing that I think is so important. If you are going to try and break boundaries and you're going to try and do something that other people don't think you can do is just keeping going. So talk to me about, you know, your, well, your career really from the beginning and until this light bulb moment and then tell us what happened. Well, you know, I think firstly, and it's an important part, my parents uh, were great at bringing us up with a can-do attitude. Yeah, great. My mum was a free spirit and my dad, my mum was Irish, more Catholic, yep. and my dad was Scottish, more Protestant. He was <laughs> right. more frugal and my mum was a wild free spirit. And so it's not a bad mix. <laughs> uh, it sounds like a terrific mix. No, it was a good mix. And um, and, and then... Um, Were you one of a lot of children? No, th only three of us, actually. My, yeah, right. my sister, uh, my brother and myself. And my brother, who was an amazingly gregarious wonderful chap uh, died very suddenly at 39 and I do oh, I feel him course. around quite a bit especially when there's a bit of what we'd call in Ireland divilment up <laughs> uh, yes. and uh, he, his name was Arthur and he was great right. and there's still optician shops in London called Arthur Morris that he set up before he died oh right oh, what a terrible tragedy though but it sounds like you, you're more than making up for the fact that if he's not around, you're going to live that life and, and yes. share some of it with him. Yes, but big time. You're exactly right. And, and that's what life is here to be lived. And that's Absolutely. exactly that's exactly, Jules, why I appreciate this opportunity, because if in this podcast we can inspire, ignite that energy within everybody, every listener. Uh, well, then, by God, we've done our job. That's right. Then we can we can have a glass of wine in the evening and go, phew, okay, we've done it. <laughs> and let's hope we inspire a whole lot of them. That's what I'm hoping. I just want everyone to give it a go. But so so you grew up in Ireland in a small family. How in heaven's name did you get into geology? What was the inspiration there? Well, uh, uh, I'd say picnics on the rocks. We used to all jump into the car and my dad would say, um, he wouldn't tell us where we're going. And I don't think he knew where right. we were going. I mean, he'd say, Mr. Carr's off. Maybe we should bring our toothbrush. So there was a bit of spontaneity <laughs> with that. And we'd end up maybe up at the Giant's Causeway, which is an amazing rock formation. Yeah. And while we were getting out the sandwiches for the picnic, I might go and play on the rocks. And when right. I found out that could be a real job, I thought, well, for goodness sake, what about this? <laughs> And so I know, but you must have. I mean, were you the only woman in the geology course? Like, I mean, I wouldn't have thought that. I, w I see that very strongly as kind of a male domain yes. geology. So, w were you one of very few, or the only one? No. Uh, in fact, there were. Uh, I think there were 
Ruth, Mary and Maeve. There were four of us, which was a very rare thing. Out of how many? Out of uh, about 15. Okay. Oh, that's not as bad as I would have thought. All right. It was unusual, that ratio. And we were in what's called the honours geology. Uh, It was it started off with natural science and then you specialised in geology. And um, and we're all still very good friends, actually. The the whole of our, our Trinity class. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it when people hold on to those friendships all the way through. Yeah. And Mind we, you, they must be thrilled at what you've done. I, I don't think they quite believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a bit mind-blowing. So, um, okay, so you left and you did your geology course. Is that where you met Mike? Uh, no, I was hired by an American oil company uh, who came to Trinity to look for geoscientists because they were going to set up in the North Sea. Anyway, to cut a long story short, uh, part of the hiring process was to come to Denver, Colorado, where I'm speaking to you from today, um, and learn some of the steps uh, in the oil business. And so I thought, you know, I better read about, you know, Americans and things like that. And one of the things I found out was this word entrepreneur. (laughs) <laughs> and I thought, well, if I'm going to America, I want to be one of those. And so <laughs> I, I learned about it. And I thought, when in Rome, do as the Romans do and get on with it. So right. I had sort of, in a way, programmed myself inadvertently before even leaving Ireland by saying, I'm going to become one of those things. And yep, uh, within three years of being in Denver, Colorado, I'd set up my own company. But I did look around and realize that not everybody did it. Uh, but, but I had <laughs> but you sort didn't of... let that stop you, obviously. No, no, I thought it was it was a jolly good idea. And I used to meet with three guys for breakfast once a month and we'd talk about it. And I find out that I did it first. Because as much as they all like to talk about it, they probably had another program in there on their unconscious saying, well, they had to build up a nest egg for this family eventually whereas it was me and my dog and I thought what is the worst thing that can happen and so I set up didn't even know what to call it I called it S Morris and Associates in case there were anybody else coming in (laughs) oh my goodness well what an inspired name that one was very unusual (laughs) (laughs) it was was, believe natural energy is far better Uh, but it was just because the name didn't matter I just thought I'm going to get on with this yeah, and right. uh, and I was given some advice by a, an older, very famous geologist called Dr. Tommy Thompson, who said, now, Susan, once you've set up on your own, don't say no to anything. Go for it. Oh, isn't that great advice? Really good advice. Wonderful advice, actually. And he was a brilliant friend up until his death about four years ago. Um, and, a gr- and a great uh, mentor, actually. Uh, and it was a two-way street, which I'll tell you about later. But um, uh, Tommy said that. And so I said yes to everybody, uh, all the consulting jobs, which took me all over the world. And I realized that one of the jobs was offshore Morocco for Arco, which then became BP, actually. And it was with Tommy. And I realized when I went up to his office that I hadn't had time to finish a report. And I did what you shouldn't do. I burst out crying. <laughs> it happens every once in a while. That get, I, everything gets on top of all of us. So. I don't know if that happens to men as easily. But anyway. <laughs> no, uh, well, it probably doesn't. But it does to us girls. Exactly. And then Tommy looked at me and he said, Susan, you have the answer. And he wouldn't talk any more about it. I left his office, was driving down the road. And suddenly the answer came to me. Hire people. (laughs) And I suddenly became a big consulting company. (laughs) Right. But he didn't tell me. Therein is a a really good bit of advice. You know, as a parent or mentor or whatever, try and draw out the answer. Draw out the expertise. Draw out that, that, um, that guiding light out of people around you. And yeah. It really was a learning moment for me. Um, 
because then I was asked by uh, Sir Ian Rankin, actually quite a famous oil man who is still alive in the UK. And he right. had, he'd gone on a holiday, actually, to what he thought was British Honduras. But right. it, it, it actually changed their name to Belize. Oh, he, so Belize was called British Honduras because I have heard of that before. That's it. Right. That's it. And he phoned and he said, uh, hello, Susan, is any oil down here? I said, well, Ian, where are you? <laughs> and he said, oh, I'm in British Honduras, but by golly, I think they're just changing their name. And they were they were actually going independent uh, in 1981. Right. And um, uh, they'd actually changed their name. But uh, he was delighted. And I went to the library and started to read up about the geology and the um, basically going back a hundred million years. Now, this is the cool thing about a geologist. We're time right. travelers. Yeah, I mean, a hundred million years is quite a long time ago. Oh, yeah, but you can, you see, geologists can zoom back. They're just like that. <laughs> and then you right. think in 3D. So you are, you're, you become that oil molecule and you right. travel like an oil molecule and, and you abide by, in a way, uh, the, the physical rules of pressure. You know, you want to go from high pressure to escape to low pressure. And so right. you follow those, what we call technically migration pathways. And so right. I said to myself, goodness gracious, there's piles of oil, giant oil in Mexico. So you can just tell from, from the geology that there was oil there. Um, I could tell because I didn't put the country boundaries in. Right. When you go back 100 million years, there were no countries. There were no humans. Right. So we are the ones that put the lines on the map, correctly or incorrectly. Right. So you're just looking back at just the, the natural area and saying it had to it has to be there. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, I love plate tectonics, which is the movement. And Cuba was stuck to Belize and it zoomed up to where it was, right. where it is not. And it had little oil fields. Guatemala had some oil fields and Mexican, Mexico had whopping great big oil fields. Right. And uh Belize had 50 dry holes, but in those holes, there were little signs. I didn't see a dry hole as a negative. I saw a dry hole as an information gathering system. Right. So, so where were the dry holes from? This is from all the other companies that had tried. Was 50 it? countries, 50 companies drilled 50. various wells. Yeah. Wow. I gave up, said, no way, Jose. <laughs> right. So, and then the little Irish woman says, I don't believe you. I'm going to go and have a look anyway. I'm sure it's there. Uh, well, basically, <laughs> <laughs> I, I certainly, Mike and I didn't hear the naysayers. We didn't hear the people saying, you're loco. Give it up. You're ruining your reputation. Um, and it was probably a bit of a lonely journey for a while for Mike and I, because we did get uh, sort of pasted into a corner of, People would have said we were stupid. And how long, how long, when you say a while, how long were people kind of going, oh, they're ridiculous? Oh, 15 years. Oh, my God. So not like a year or six months. No, no, we were trying everything. The, the, the oh. old way, you know, shooting seismic and doing all sorts of things. Right. And it wasn't until this critical key step. And that was... And by the way, this is true for all the listeners. It's a yeah. gap in our education. Right. And Tell it's us. how we actually work. How does, what, what does um, someone like a Gandhi or a Nelson Mandela who goes for their big vision doesn't hear any doubts and absolutely go, Leonardo da Vinci. There's, there are random great people. However, None of them seem to be able to teach the structure and the system and therefore right. replicate it. And to a businesswoman or a scientist, replication is critical because right. you got to be able to do it again and again and again and share it with everybody, especially something as valuable as I'm about to tell you. And it was the unlocking of the answer. Right. And tell us, tell us. I will, I will. <laughs> <laughs>
in, in essence, um, I was on a, a path probably looking back on it. And I had had a big invention about 20 years ago. And it was called the International Pavilion. And it was, I had invited all the energy world to come to a big convention at the American Association of Petroleum Geologists annual convention. And 51 countries came. Uh, and it was a huge success. And it's been a success ever since. Now, what is the pavilion, can I ask? It, it's, it, it, the pavilion is within the convention and it's set up and each, let's just say, stall or desk is a country. You might oh, have okay. so South Africa, together. you might have Ireland, you might have Australia. You, in fact, 51 of them came and exhibited their oil and gas potential. And it was okay. a huge success. Now, that was born out of me with S. Morrison Associates traveling around the world thinking, by God, there's lots of oil and gas all over the world. But the Americans seem to, through this entrepreneurial spirit, be able to take it out, share it and grow the economy much right. uh, more readily with more freedom than most countries that I visited, including right. Asia, Africa, all over. And this was over 30 years ago. Yeah. So um, anyway, I came back and I sort of said it might have been a bit like a bit of a prayer, but I said, how do I answer this? Because I came back, the oil price was low and all my pals were out of work. Right. And I knew there was opportunities all over the world, but Americans were not traveling an awful lot then, right. 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And I thought, how do I get the two together for the good of all? And as soon as I'd asked that, the head of the convention of the APG came to me and said, Susan, would you head up the international arm of this convention? Stop and, it. All these things have happened to you. They keep giving me goosebumps on the back of my neck. That's amazing. Well, I think that was just because I was the only one in Denver with an accent. So, <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. I think he probably knew what an amazing woman you were. Well, it was it was absolutely wonderful because myself and another professor called Roger Slatt at the School of Mines and Roger thought the idea was a great one to invite the energy world to come and exhibit their oil and yep. gas so that all the geologists from the president of Exxon to right down to a consulting company would be able to see all the different projects and plays all over the world. In other words, everybody was saved the money from having to fly to all these countries. And these yeah, countries right. all got to see what each other were doing, compare notes, and actually become a bit like a an energized Casba. Right. And it was so cool. Oh, I remember it as if it was <laughs> yesterday. And I, one of the questions I think you might ask me is, how do you balance your family and your work? That well, is one of the questions I was going to ask you, but I'll ask you now. <laughs> well, and I asked it for you, but yeah. I'll tell you what happened. The year of the International Pavilion in 1994 was the year and the month when all the countries came that we adopted our first baby, Hannah. Ah. That month, her, her birthday is the 22nd of May. And the, the, and so uh, presumably that process had been started earlier. And it's, is it just a coincidence that it happened that month? It was just a coincidence, but you know, amazing. Although I do think there's a touch of the old divine orchestration happening. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But, uh, so I would greet all these ministers and their delegations like a kangaroo pouch, a baby <laughs> pouch in the front. And you know something? People said, well, how did you do that? I said, because everybody loves a baby. And I yes, just got my baby, Hannah. So she became the belle of the ball. Oh, isn't that gorgeous? It, it, was, it was perfect. It, it can work if you free your spirit out to let it work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and don't be constrained by, oh, I shouldn't, uh, you know, I've got to have the bottle clean or whatever. Of course it's going to be clean. But uh, 
go with your feel, your gut feel and enjoy and connect. That's what I that, couldn't agree more. I think that that's so important. And your gut and your instinct has got to be trusted. You've got to trust your own. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So anyway, it was a big, big success. And the question I got asked pivoted me into a really important part of my life. And that was somebody asked, could you come and teach how you did that? You had the idea, you got the volunteers and it happened. The energy world came to Denver. And I said, you just roll up your sleeves and do it. I couldn't even understand the question. (laughs) And at that moment, that was another light bulb moment. I realized that not everybody thinks alike. We actually are some sort of a product as to how we were brought up. But I didn't know because it was not part of the education. So that moment was pivotal that I decided I'm going to research and find out how our mind works, what makes somebody go for it, like, you know, Nelson Mandela or Gandhi, uh, and somebody else be so tied up in fear and doubt that sometimes they don't even want to get out of bed. So what is that understanding? And that's when I started as a scientist to look at this gap that's not just in scientific education, but in all of our education. And that's when I was taken to the Educo seminar because I wanted to find out something, being really practical from Belfast, I wanted to find out something that was PhD acclaimed, that had great results yep. and that the people walk the talk. Those were my three requirements. The only right. system. Well, this, I mean, this sounds amazing. I look for about four years. Person, you're the second person that's mentioned, mentioned Educo. So what is it? Educo is actually from the Latin word for education. And it inherently means to draw out or to lead out from within. Now, what's happened to our education, as many people know, is it started to stuff in from the outside instead of really allowing the the pupil, the student, to tie in experientially and draw out that, as you said, that instinct, that innate gift we have within us. Yeah. And I went, it was a two-week seminar. And it was. I mean, let's see, yeah, it's long. I've, I actually looked at it going, I think I might try and go maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> if I'm allowed out. It was phenomenal. Um, it actually, as soon as Mike and I had been to that seminar, we came back, formed Belize Natural Energy. We knew with such clarity and vision, we could see the people of Belize rejoicing before we'd even brought the rig in. We, Isn't saw, that amazing? It, we saw it done. And that's one of the, what some people refer to as a magical mindset, to actually have that clarity and certainty to see it. You can visualize your end point. Exactly. As already done. Yeah. That's, some people would say that's faith. It's even more than faith, if you know what I mean. It's, it's done. (laughs) Um, And so that's, uh, Educo is the educational system or indeed the business model at the core of B&E. And that, back to one of your earlier questions, that is why the chief of police, for instance, in Belize came to me and he said, I want to understand the criminal mind. And I understood that you went to a course about the mind. How do I get on that course? Two years ago, he went on the course, came back to Belize and reduced crime in the capital city by 52% in that first year. 52% 52% in a year. Now, that to many all people is God, more... All, police could, all the police should be sent there then. Exactly. It, actually, it's something that, that everybody needs to know, that, that innate within all of us, that gift from God, whatever you want to call it, is not being appreciated, our full potential. And the access point is understanding our mind. And, you know, what, for instance, holds us back? Why should a wee girl from Belfast discover the first oil in Belize? I mean, 
there's a doubt. But because I understood the mind and had the clarity of vision, I knew we were going to do it, especially when it's for other people. It's like yeah. rocket fuel when when you've got a whole community, a whole country coming along. And um, it literally propels you out of bed on a Monday morning. And it is... Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm going to do that with female founders and women in business. Exactly the same thing. Love yes. it, love it, love it. Well, that's <laughs> it. You see, you see the way the female can buoy up yeah. Just say and corporate. lift up the people around them yeah, as lift, well. Lift, lift them up, absolutely. And bring a dimension which maybe in many cases has been missing, which is um, uh, a focus on the togetherness, the collectiveness. And, uh, you know, sometimes the ego gets the better of, um, I, I can't just say men, but but it can, It, it it's, uh, yeah, boys are brought. It's just up. anyone, anyone it, really. It, it you know, can. your ego can get in the way. It's it's yep. a lot of people. Well, probably especially men see that as a driver. I think that the ego, but actually, it does get in the way. You're you're so right because when you're able to transcend it, and it, it's not about oh my god, how are we going to give it up? It's that this power and force is so magnificent that. You, you set it down. It's no longer important because it's not the driver. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Amazing advice. Now, um, let me ask you, because this is a podcast for business women and, and female founders, and you are probably, the, you are now my ultimate top of the list female founder. Can you talk to me about, have there been women along the way that have helped you? I ask, I mean, it doesn't matter if they haven't. But I like to ask that question because it is about lifting up the other people around you and um, realising that sometimes mentors can make a difference. Um, yes. Uh, by the way, I have to start with my mum. My mother right. was a great inspiration because of her freedom of spirit and her fun and enjoyment of life. Um, Brilliant. And being brought up. And I'd say that to all the mums and dads. You know, uh, those children that we have, whether they be grandchildren or, or our sons and daughters, that spirit is to be oh, really appreciated and drawn out, not capped, not held back, um, because that is the, um, the magical driving force. And remind That's me right. to tell you about that book, The Magic in You, by the way. Oh, go uh, on, tell us now. Tell us now. Oh, okay. Because uh, you showed me right at the beginning. That's it. Well, um, now, there, there isn't any videos, so tell people about okay. it. Okay. Um, it's a marvellous little book, and I think we're the only oil company that a children's book has been written about, and it's called The Magic in You. And it's about a little boy, and he was my partner, Mike Usher, and it's about a little boy who wanted to make a difference in his country. And he really did. So his journey from a little house in Belize to speaking to the moon and and getting sort of direction and, 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 and even vision when he was a little boy. And then him meeting me up in Denver, Colorado. And both of us had the same aim because I'd been to his country, Belize, fallen in love with his people because of that Oh, that wonderful light coming out of their eyes and that closeness and oneness with life. He had left his country and gone to travel in the energy business, seismic business. And we both met in Denver, Colorado. But we came together like soulmates. Isn't that spooky? And uh, uh, we decided we were going to find the first oil. And we tried for 15 years. We couldn't do it. Uh, it wasn't until that I went along and I actually went first to the Aduco seminar and understood how that alignment, how that visionary capacity is brought out in ourselves and the, those clear steps that were shown and we practically did them. That's what's key. It wasn't just intellectual. It was a happening. 
so much so that as soon as we left, Mike then went on the next seminar and we together put together Belize Natural Energy with a group of 76 little Irish people. Now, because no other oil company would say yes, because they all said there was no oil, 50 dry holes. But 76 little Irish people, some grannies, by the way, like myself, yeah. um, uh, 76 came together. And the only thing they had in common was they had done the Aduco seminar. So they believed in the power of visionary capacity and belief. Are you serious? So Ed, Educo was well known in Ireland, so there had been 76 people go through it as well as you. Oh, yeah. There have probably been a couple of thousand before me. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise. I thought that maybe it was um, just a few pockets of people, maybe in America and things like that. I didn't realise it, it had spread. I wonder whether there's lots of people other than Stephanie Willich, who was the one who... Um, told me about you and told me about it. I wonder if there's other Australians that have done it. Yeah, there are a couple of other Australians. Now, Australia's so big, I don't know how you join the Melbourne and the Sydney and, you know, the, <laughs> all those various dots. But there's probably, oh, I don't know, maybe 4,000 people now uh, around the world who have taken the course oh, and really it's changed the course of their life because of this Miss, missing piece of the puzzle. Now, not everybody has taken, let's just say, the level of action that uh, maybe even Steph or myself. So it depends probably on um, how you take to the material and utilize yeah. it, especially for others. Yes. That's a I, well, I that seems one of the big drivers. And in fact, uh, for any entrepreneur, I would have said if your exactly. end goal is to actually empower other people, you're on the right track. I think you've hit a universal law there. Fantastic. Yep, I absolutely do. So, so talk to me as a female founder of an oil company. I just have energy company. Sorry, I just have to keep saying that. Um, have You must have had some ups and downs along the way. Have there been any challenges that have happened to you that you really learned from oh. that you could sort of share that would, you know, would help other people learn not to make those mistakes? <laughs> um, yes, actually, we had two rather nasty, aggressive, hostile takeover attempts. Because, um, because we're, we're the number one revenue, excuse me, generator in the country. Right. And uh, that's a very powerful position if you care to wield that power. So could you lose, have lo lost the company? If, if so, oh. how can you? Well, I don't even really know what a hostile takeover is. What, what happens? Oh, they wanted it. There were two separate, let's call them, what can we politely call let's them? Let's call them baddies. Internationally <laughs> renowned baddies. They are internationally renowned. People know them. And um, right uh, <laughs> from two different countries, and luckily enough, they didn't get together. But they were they're, they're both known for this, and right. both of them are very used to winning. And if I didn't have the help from probably the, the universe itself and some key people, um that we would have been taken over and the country would have been abused uh, and the, the the magic unfolding that, for instance, the chief of police and the head of the prisons and all the little entrepreneurs in Belize and now winning the award for making the most lasting, empowering difference in any country. We beat 50 countries. That's amazing. Canada. US, UK, Malaysia, Saudi Arabia. When when I went along to 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 pick up, well actually I didn't know we were getting the award. Uh, all the 50 countries were in this beautiful uh, banquet room like Buckingham Palace. And at eight o'clock they were going to read out the winner. And they they read out Belize and I literally levitated up out of the crowd <laughs> and went up and grabbed the director of hydrocarbons and, and could hardly speak. But then I got the microphone 
and and thanked everybody all over the world. But it was an amazing, it was, by the way, that was even more joyous than hitting the oil because it was the beacon for other countries to know that it's not just about the oil, it's about the oil within, the power, yeah. that capacity within all of us. Amazing. So you were saying that you had the hostile, hostile takeovers. What was the learning from that? What did you learn that we could maybe all use for ourselves? Other than don't have an oil company and let anyone do a hostile takeover of your company. No, you see, for instance, if you were afraid of, if you, if you were afraid of something like that, you would never want to be successful. Because once you're successful, right. you're, you're in the limelight. You're, you're sort of a target. Once, right. especially when you're following the path of light. Um, it's, but with that comes protection. I was going to say, if you surround yourself maybe with, with, with strong people um, who are on the same path as you, then you won't get, you, you know, you won't get taken off the path. That's, that's exactly right. And that's terribly important. By the way, even before you're uh, successful, always be around people that, that believe in you, that, that you can sense is a positive uh, relationship. Yeah. It's like going into a, a party. You don't go to the corner with the negative vibe. You go to the positive vibe. Absolutely. Well, take that uh, in your life and learn it both from business, from romance, from, from, from everything and share that with your family because that's terribly important because some people do suck your energy. Yeah, yeah. Very true. Well, wow, you are just so amazing. Talk to me about uh, work hours and life hours and whether they there is any sort of delineation between them or whether you're just working all the time. Well, now, Jules, here's a question back. Do you call this work? No, I call this fun. Same here. And that's that's generally, you know, even looking back on the hostile takeover and the courts and everything and the lawyers and everything... Um, it's the bits that really, really resonate are the fun bits. Um, yeah. And that's, I, I think, memory management. You know, you don't want to be dragging around whatever. I can't even think of what all the uh, tough times uh, are there. But I do remember having a bite. Here's a funny one for you. We were in the middle of this court case and we were on one of the uh, in one of the jurisdictions and there were probably about eight lawyers all around this table. And we'd had a tough day in court. Right. And I said, I want to speak to you all before we eat. I was at the head of the table. And uh, and they all looked, you know, quickly looked up, stopped what everything. Gonna say? And I said, yes, what are you going to say? And I said, <laughs> I want to ask you a very serious question. And before you answer it, I want you to consider it carefully. And they all sat back wanting to know what this was. And I said... When we make the movie, what actor do you want to act you? <laughs> <laughs> and it was amazing how they answered so seriously. You know, somebody wanted... <laughs> really consider it. You know, Brad Pitt or somebody else wanted uh, whoever. I loved it. And we had a brilliant night. And it's, it's actually having the capacity to to have fun, even at a time when it is very, very serious, because the fun will gel you together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I love it. So is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know that you would be up for sharing? I don't have a tummy button. What? I don't have a tummy button. How were you born? Well, I tell people I always wear baggy Imagine shirts to hide the wings. <laughs> 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 that is that's probably one of Your the best quirky my facts I've heard yet. Um, <laughs> okay, now last two questions are just stupid, really, and I don't even know whether they're relevant to you because I'm obsessed with my phone and I love playing with apps. I kind of got the impression when we were setting this up that maybe you're not, but I'll ask the question anyway. Are there a couple of apps that you love on your phone? No, but funnily enough, coincidentally. I just spoke to 
Sarah Gilhooley, uh, by the way, and she'd be one of these ladies, she's younger than me, that is a great inspiration to me. And I said, you know, there are so right. many resources that Aduko has during this COVID shut-in. Um, yeah. And, and Jules, this would be good for you to go on to the Aduko gym on Facebook Live and go yeah. into the interviews and go into the meditation with Tom and go into the nutrition with uh, Martin Ford. And, okay. and then uh, Sarah Galhuli has an interview with Al on relationships. But there's lots and lots of resources in the Aduko family. And okay. I said to Sarah, why don't we have an Aduko app? And she, well, she thought it was quite funny coming from me because I'm very untechnological. And I said, well, yes, there's an irony there. <laughs> it is. But I said, I just want it not only to be easy for me, but I want it to be easy for everybody to press it and have the array of choices for the meditation. You know, there's about 14 of them. And they're all, right. in fact, that's where, if I were you, I'd start with, the meditation, because you're going to love Tom, because okay. it's not like a, like any other meditation, because he talks to you in this great Irish accent first, and you find yourself relaxing with the humor and love of life, and then just... Okay, I'm there, sold, yeah. sold to the woman with the blonde hair. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's what I would say. Fantastic. So, so does it look like there will be an educational? I don't know. I only suggested it today, so they'd have to be pretty oh. fast if it came oh, up today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll keep my eyes at it. Well, listen, thank you so much for the most wonderful interview. You're such an inspiration. And I hope the women listening get from this that they just need to keep going and, and also channel that energy that comes, you know, from the surety of knowing what it is that you're doing. That that visionary capacity in all of us. And Jules, you're doing it because you're gathering these ladies and inspiring. And and the word inspire means in spirit, igniting the spirits to be all they can be. And you, I'm behind you. you. Well, that's my, that's my no, hope. It's a, it's, it's a happening. Yep. Great. I'm channeling that energy. Well, thank you so much. I really hope our paths cross again at some stage. I bet they will. It's been lovely to have you on. Thanks Thank a you. lot and bye-bye, Jules. Bye-bye. I hope you've enjoyed this She's the Boss chat episode. It was great to have you here. If you want to stay in touch, you might also like some of the other things that we've got going on with She's the Boss. Join us for our free Zoom lunches for female founders that we hold online. The best way to do any of these things really is go to she'stheboss.com.au and on there you can register for the lunches and I've also got links to the website. So either way, I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm really enjoying digging down and getting down to the nitty gritty with these women and I hope you'll join me for the next episode.